0: Welcome to Space Brains, the show where we joy watch sci fi movies and then talk about what was good and what was great. I'm Surrey and this is Mark. Hiya, tonight it is episode 66 and we're talking about
1: the science fiction film The Dish, which came out in 2000. So, in this episode, we'll reveal what we thought about the film the ins and outs of narrative plus some film language and then a dupe dive into a specific piece of science that the filmmaking filmmakers are proposing. The Dish was directed by Rob Sitch, who also co-wrote it with Santa Chilaro, Tom Glasner, James Kennedy. They are the Working Dog production team. They've done a lot of stuff together a here in Australia. A lot of
0: stuff. Although they did their, we know them most famously in Australia for their uh, comedy um, skit shows that yes, they put on. Yes, The
1: Late Show. And, of course, the classic film, The Castle. The no, Castle. Not at all sci-fi, but, but a great Aussie classic film. It was the film that um, was the one that they did before this film, The Dish. Yes. But before uh, we
0: go any further... Before we go any further, look, turn back <laughs> now. If you haven't seen The Dish, I recommend you go see it because it's a great, heartwarming, slightly funny, dramatic, very interesting look into Australiana... Um, and there's science. So it's go watch it and then tune back in. Warning, warning. Warning, warning.
1: <laughs> it's so full of science, this film. Real hardcore science. Uh, so the dish is basically about a remote Australian community populated by some quirky Australian characters, and they play a really key role in the first Apollo moon landing. So, what was your number one takeaway
0: from the dish? Sorry. <laughs> My number one takeaway from the dish is that it's possible to have a a heartwarming uh, and yet humorous and dramatic look at science, and also I'm surprised at how uh, how much pr- pride I got as an Australian from watching this film. Ooh, it's kind a bit of patriotic. Yeah, they they really <laughs> kind of keyed right in there and and yeah. uh, made me realise. That we we did play a big role in the Apollo eleven, mm-hmm. and it also made me realize that the Apollo eleven man landing on the moon was a freaking big deal. Like you, you
1: it was just huge. huge. Think
0: about this: is a person on an entirely different no, well, not on a planet, but certainly not on the Earth. Somewhere mm. else, like this is that's science fiction. That's that was uh, in sixty nine. See, nowadays we've had space shuttles, we've had. L- Launches. We've had yeah, yeah. space stations and satellites. Richard and Branson, there's, slicking there's his hair There's been probes back. and robots on Mars. <laughs> Drones it's, all over the place. It's kind of a, it's it's something we just take for granted. I think a little bit now, but at sixty nine, they've come out of you know they still Cold War. They're still coming out of World War Two and mm. you know communist fear and yeah. and yet here's this incredible event that you know uh, people who are able to launch a rocket and get people onto the moon. Well, they stepped out and uh yeah just kind of did it because they wanted to see if they could mm. Mm. Uh, it turns out they could
1: yeah real real sort of sciencey mind about the whole thing right like and and I, I, I must admit the film captures I think because it was before I was born but it captures what I've heard. People watching it at the time, like, you know, relatives that were older than me, et cetera, they're, they're like, oh, we all huddled around that one TV and we watched the moon yeah, landing. And be amazing. And in other films, you've seen, you know, like them huddling around TVs in, you know, department store windows and, and just that kind of real awe and respect for the science, I think, of, you know, this man landing on the moon. And I, I think with this film, the way they've done it, and we'll come to it later in the plot, but it's like, They've really mashed in. I think that feeling that people had when it happened. Yeah, you know, realization
0: of it's kind of a a pinnacle achievement of mankind. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think you know, in the film, it depicts people being in that awe and silence, like watching what's going on and what they're going to say, and and it was so epic, you know, and they they capture that, and I love that. I really love that myself.
0: Sadly, from my lifetime, the only. There's only two bits of footage that I, I've watched which has had uh, a strong emotional impact on me. Yeah. And one of them, of course, was the trade towers. Yeah, of
1: course. Like, yep. you,
0: yeah. you didn't want to see it, but you no. couldn't not see it. No, no. And the other one, it was like the smart bombs hitting, um, you know, Saudi or Kuwait or wherever it was mm. in Operation Desert Storm, the first one. Yeah, right. Like, that was just watching these images of of missiles just sort of flying in through windows and down. Again, uh, Mm. a terrible image. I would much prefer to (laughs) stare in amazement as people land on the moon for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think we're going to get that same thing. Like we had, uh, as as we joked last time, about the billionaires flying up in space. That's really quite an achievement, but it's kind of – it doesn't fill you with much awe. And I think even – even people landing on Mars, mm. as amazing that's going to be, it's kind of, yeah, we've we we landed on the moon before. Mm. It's not yeah. that good, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I know it's so, going to be
1: interesting. That isn't it when they do land on Mars? Will it have this same yeah, effect?
0: I, yeah, I, I I can't help but feel it would be a little bit. It might depend on the social scene at the time. You know, yeah. What what's, sort of what's going on in the zeitgeist? Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, is it a a well? It leads me to the next question: Is this a movie of hope, a warning, or an experiment?
1: I think it's hope because this story does... It's what we were just talking about. Like, it's a it's a milestone moment. People would get into it. But actually, this film takes the perspective of this Australian impact on the Apollo mission. And the hope part to me is that there's kind of this joke in the film, and that's what these guys do really well in their storytelling, is is that real Australian attitude to things. And in this case, like a radio telescope working for NASA, we still as Australians can't help but sort of be the underdog and a little bit Cheeky and silly about things like these guys were really scientifically smart in this film, but they didn't focus on that that much, did they? They focused on the fact that they felt like they were the underdogs. Like NASA was breathing down their neck. You think of a bloody galah you know. walking around with the <laughs> ass out of my dax. <laughs> that's right. But it, but it was also just like the the attitude to the whole thing um, seemed very tongue in cheek. Uh, even the scientists were tongue in cheek, you know. And that that's I think it's a real credit to Australians that then. However, there is a dilemma, a major dilemma happens in the story and they get down and they work on fixing it and they fix it. And, that, and again, that's what I mean by that underdog spirit. So I, I can't help but feel by the end of it hopeful that in this context, like NASA needed the Southern Hemisphere. Australia has the biggest radio telescope in the world at that time. And I think they still do, probably. <laughs> but um, they, because now we have that SCAR project the, here in Western Australia, don't
0: the, we? The, uh, yeah. We've got, uh, well, the Parks is now the second in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. Tidbinbilla, in Canberra got upgraded to 70 oh, meter well, diameter.
1: But, and we do have that SCAR, you know, the uh, radio telescope project, out yeah. here in, which is the biggest lot of, it's not one uh, one, it's all of them combined.
0: Uh, the, that would be the real big fish of telescopes?
1: Yes, it would be. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
0: I, look, I, I, to me, there's a I lot of. Hope. Have, I should have, you know, touched on wood before I said that joke. <laughs>
1: oh. <sighs> oh, okay. Yikes. What was your first impression? Have what? you seen this film before?
0: No, I have not. Ah, I, I did watch crack in the, 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 the Castle. Ver- <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm
1: cracking the virgin olive oil over that fish. Sorry. The
0: odd virgin olive oil on that <laughs> fish. Yes, that's a strange way of putting it, but sure. Uh, yeah, it's the first time I've seen this one. I do love the way these guys have written this story and Mm. the previous ones as to the castle. If you're not Australian and you're trying to watch the castle. Yeah, it's hard. It's (laughs) it's probably difficult.
1: No, I've done it with international students uh, as a thing and uh, they... Some of them get it. Some of them kind of get bits of it, but they don't quite get it. It's, no, it's no, almost it's... like, and it's what happens in this film. Like you just said, my, you, what did you yes. say with my Dax hanging out? He's like, what?
0: My ass hanging out of my Dax. Yeah.
1: And he's a bloody drongo. And he, yeah, hey, that's a, and I, I kind of get the tone, yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, you're watching, watching the castle and, and, it's The castle is so packed full of Australia. No, I, know. No, I know, I uh, know. Even all the background scenery and, and equipment and mm. props are all just yeah, so... cars, everything. It's just exactly what's in the background of my house, you know. <laughs> when my mum opened up the pantry cupboard doors to have a look inside, there's yeah. the pack of CSR sugar, there's yeah. the wheat picks, there's the Vegemite, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I appreciate it. And so when I was watching this and it, it rolls in, uh, we get this beautiful opening scene of... Going up the drive towards the, the telescope, yeah, and there's the sheep paddocks, yeah. And it's clearly looks like maybe it's spring or, or late winter, mm, it's beautiful, isn't it? Uh, because shop? it's green, yeah. In, ca- in case you're wondering, in Australia, it's only green here in winter, yeah. Uh, we you can tell mandra coming out of winter now because everything's green, yes. Uh, the flowers are blooming, yeah, and sometimes weeds are tall, <laughs> sometime from sort of mid to late November onwards, it's basically brown, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was just that, that gorgeous scenery. Yes. And the particular film grain they use in this. Yeah, yeah. Which is also similar to the, the castle. Mm. It, it has... I don't know if that's actually a particular Australian... Uh, like, obviously, this is an effect they're putting on. They don't have to. But I'm thinking maybe it must be an Australian traditional, you know, film stock that's available. Because yep. like, that particular film grain is... is, uh, I don't know. It, I really associate with Australian films. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And you're just looking at... Coming in and I kind of breathed out a little bit and relaxed into my chair and I just felt homely. It was mm. it was a very cozy movie. This one, I yeah. I really liked watching it and was I felt very comfortable. Mm. And as I said, you know, you see some of the scenery and things. You go, that's that's Australia. Like yeah, yeah. Um, we often get Australia portrayed as other countries, like yeah. we saw in Love and Monsters. Yeah, but this here got a chance to sort of go. Nope, this here is you go. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands, millions of square kilometers look like yeah. around parks. Yeah, yeah, like you get over the uh, the Blue Mountains of, Mount, of uh, Sydney, which is where parks is on the inland side. Right, and you get in there on on that side there because I grew up in Canberra as well, which looks exactly the same, mm. and because it's on the inland side of the Great Dividing Range, which is part of the Blue Mountains and so on. And just from there onward, in until you hit, you know, um, the desert. It's just like that. It's all just granite boulders, low grasslands, stands of tall eucalypts. Yep. And in winter it goes green, and in summer it just turns brown. <laughs> and yeah, the skies are that just clear blue, and it's just uh, it made me feel like home. Home. I went. Yeah. That's that's what I remember because I grew up in Can- in Canberra, which is yep. all just like that. Yeah. And we went to holidays like in Jindabyne and uh, you know. Yes and so we didn't go to holidays and yes. We drove through like yes and yes. Uh, went out to Dubbo and things and it all just looks like that, the whole bloody like, you can drive for hours and it looks just like <laughs> it does in parks. I And it
1: never changes, does it, that no. scenery. Uh
0: so I tell you though. Uh what about you? Is this your first viewing?
1: I saw it I saw this at the movies. Um and at the time I remember being a bit bitterly disappointed that it was not as funny as the castle but I really enjoyed the step up in the sort of quality of the cinematic kind of stage because 2000 that's when I was at film school uh, and I remember I remember going in with such high expectations because a, I loved what these guys did with their comedy show the late show I absolutely loved the castle that was a film I probably saw you know, three or four times Mm. before the year 2000. Um, I still remember like there's probably one of of the... uh, Austin Powers maybe being another one that I literally was like rolling around in the cinema chair. You know, quite often you go see comedies and you laugh, but that rolling around laughter. So I must admit, I went in with this with high expectations and I think I probably cackled in the first 10 minutes just expecting it to be so funny. But then it becomes like this really warm hearted Movie, you know, yeah. um, this time looking at it from the point of view of sort of science, you know, I what I what I really appreciated was how much they did delve into the actual science of the of the radio. Don't know the exact word, but of the radio signals. The basketball. Yeah, the basketball <laughs> analogy. Uh, two basketballs or one basketball? One basketball only has. No, anyway. We'll talk about yes. that later. Um, and it bounces
0: off this basketball <laughs> yeah. onto
1: that basketball. Yeah, that's right. So, not a great analogy, but it, that's the comedy. And I did think that actually this time around, I think some of the comedy is actually quite a mature amount of. Um, it was, like, there's it was, a mature comedy in it. So, it was there's a moments believable. of. like Like, you yeah. might call
0: it. Uh, a believable amount of comedy. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you were around some um, good, humoured friends, mm. it's that level of comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was nothing... The most outrageous thing would have been that soldier boy. Yeah. There was yeah. kind of a little bit much. But then yeah. again, I have kind of met a couple of people that a. And it was in 1969.
1: So, you've got to put that in the context of, like, dra- the draft and... You Know, like, people actually, you know, being a bit more milit- We've lost a lot of that now. I think when, in our when did
0: Australia enter the Vietnam War? Oof. is that 73, 60, 70? I don't Cause know. Because I'm just honest. wondering if that yeah. was actually part of the joke of this was him going, oh, I wish there was a war, and you're yeah, like, nobody, the next war that we're involved in is not. Well, Nixon want to be was the in.
1: one that ended Vietnam,
0: yeah. So- so I, th- yeah, I, I think know. it was going yes. in sixty nine.
1: Yeah, so I think Vietnam was happening at the same time. Wasn't yeah,
0: but it? I don't think Australia was involved because otherwise he would have been over there.
1: Yeah, well, Australia was involved, but I don't know when we were involved. Yeah, but I, like I know my dad. He we did have the national um, draft and also compulsory service. My dad missed out. Like when he turned eighteen, that was the year they stopped it, hmm. and otherwise he would have done it. You know, and it was like one of those. Like his older brother was like, "Are you?" <laughs> You missed out on it and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't know, some sort of vintage around there, you know. But I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have. You'd have to. Re- that's a Google no, question.
0: My my dad left Australia, uh, <laughs> ran away from it to do his PhD in nuclear physics. Oh, well, that's so, smart. Yeah, smart. So they was, probably wouldn't have put they, him in there. They then. don't. They, they weren't drafting PhD <laughs> no, students. No. no.
1: Um. So yeah, I think second time viewing, I liked the science. I also appreciated much more how they mixed in this archival footage to tell the story, I think, than maybe one of my first viewing. So I'll talk a bit about that when we get into the plot later. But, yeah, I liked how they brought in this real footage to actually add plot points to the story. So, um, as you said as well, like the awe of us going to the moon, like of achieving something, why, you know, why we do that. Well, you remember right at the start, we have that little bit of speech from JFK saying, you know, by the end of this decade, you know, the end of the yeah. 60s, we will have a man on the moon you know like it's a really And we you know, will
0: go there not because it is easy but because it is hard that's right
1: <laughs> so it's like it's like that that's a plot point like it's it was setting up this was and you notice that after that then they did a montage of like rockets exploding and blowing up and and even people being you know, uh, in coffins, you know, soldiers, military, and then more science stuff happening, in experiments. Mm. So they really showed you that it wasn't just as simple as, oh, hey, now we're on the moon. It was like 10 years of constant well, that science was and Apollo trial. And error. 11, yeah, there, there were 10 prior <laughs> Apollo. Yeah. They,
0: they didn't try and fail. That was the first nah. one to actually try to get to the moon. Try to get to the moon. The yeah. other ones were doing various preliminary orbits and launches yeah. and,
1: and so on. Did you have a favorite scene?
0: Uh favorite scene would have been um the asking for a date. I mean of oh, all the okay. scenes, oddly enough, that was mm. it. And because sort of the B story. Yeah, it, saying that at that um moment when they're each going Yeah, you do you want to say something? No, nothing, nothing, no, no. nothing, nothing. <laughs> nothing don't, uh, uh it it was beautiful, uh yeah. setup of the B story uh m- mimicking you know like the are we going to do it we're we not going to do it yeah and then taking the risk mm. uh, but it just it just connected with me because it does remind me of some awkward moments of my own past yeah, at, definitely. where yeah i i never took the risk unfortunately not until i was old enough to regret it <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, yeah. So really I mean, another scene that was really very well done, I think, was the um. Uh, the, w- the party with the prime minister. Yes. And and the way that you've got this, um, expectation and the pecking order and like that, that sort of the the power, making people. It's it's ver- verging on the on the border of bullying. Mm. Or is it inspiring? Yeah. Is right. that, is he being a good leader by going, of course, there's not going to be any problems. We're going to do it, aren't we? <laughs> and the other guy goes, uh, y- yes, no problems. <laughs> like where maybe he was trying to back out and, you know, what they call um, set expectations yeah. is the yeah. term. But yeah, I, I like that it, it had that feeling. It was borderline bullying. Because you know what they say is you don't fuck up. That's it. That's what they say. <laughs> Don't fuck up. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I was wondering, analysing what I, after that so seeing going, "Yeah, was that leadership or was that bullying? Mm. Was that you know sort of providing that inspiration and that um, what do you call it the the mandate to continue, to push, to strive, to reach higher? Mm. Or is it someone just being a bit of a, a mean bully, <laughs> trying to push his way through, ignoring?" Reality,
1: yeah, yeah, and it's that's a fine line sometimes,
0: isn't yeah, it? yeah, and and I I, I like that because in in part leadership is that of just like we are just going to do it, yeah, like yeah, you can come up with a million reasons why it won't work or why mm. it will fail, but we're just going to do it, aren't we?
1: Well, yeah, and I guess that's that JFK going back to that as that JFK speech, isn't it? It's like yeah. well, we're gonna we're gonna do this because it's hard. I mean, JFK was not the scientist. (laughs) He's just saying as a politician, Mm. let's go and do this, you know, and it's going to take 10 years. It's going to take longer than I can be in power, you know, and unfortunately he didn't even lose his power from that point of view but um, wasn't voted out and, you know, was assassinated. But it's that concept, isn't it? It's like, well, he he was setting the agenda, that tough tone for scientists to go off and do something over the next 10 years, you know, and that's a strong leader really, you know.
0: Okay, so here's a good question for you then: Is this really a science fiction film?
1: Yeah, well, it's science. Is it science fiction? Interesting. Um, I le- the reason why I actually picked this movie, I I picked this movie because I felt like it's this is a good way for us at Space Brains, or for especially from my point of view, to say, hey, here you know, films that are full of science. I think, come under the sci-fi realm, under the genre. I, I personally am putting them into that genre. Like maybe we should also look at a documentary and that is science fiction.
0: Oh, how fiction. You
1: know, like Could How far do we go? Well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, I will say there is some fiction in this because Parks was not actually used as the satellite. It wasn't right?
0: the first. it picked up after Neil Armstrong yeah. said... One small step, one giant leap. Yeah. It, it came in after that, so we didn't get yeah. the, the historic moment. No. But
1: but in the film, it, it's yeah, there. It's, you know, and, um, and the prime
0: minister was at Gladstone or whatever. It was a honeysuckle yeah. creek or whatever. Yeah, it was. Honeysuckle,
1: the only one that yeah. was there. And and um. There was also like a team of NASA guys working here. It wasn't just one one guy kind of like and, and checking no, in. And none of the characters <laughs>
0: had those names. No,
1: no. The characters all made up and obviously some of the other storylines. But that's pretty normal when we do take a, a docker, you know, it, like a it, solid I, idea it, and turn it But it took the
0: important points. The important yeah. points was Parks was this kind of, you know, big risk of a telescope. Yep which got to be involved. It was heavily involved. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There was a windstorm of gusting up to 110 kilometres per hour, which is well above what was needed, and they managed to keep the signal. Yep. So these things are in there. There's some points, yeah. Yeah. I guess, is it a science fiction?
1: It's not in the traditional definitions of sci-fi, but I want to make the argument that it is science enough in the story to make it a sci-fi for space brains. But what do you think?
0: I think it is because... In the definition of like so we've got a scientific premise and so it's not a fantastical or fictional premise. Yeah. It's so not much, speculative science. But the the effect of it of the moon landing and the awe, the the hope instilled through science and the pressure of trying to get this moment right, because if mm. you could you imagine if the moon landing was screwed up <laughs> if they <laughs> smash into the moon and, and crashed and burnt like what know, terrible effect would that have had I know. or if we didn't get the audio and video yeah like and they're just like okay they did it but we don't have any record i don't it. have any proof yeah like the or, or only the nasa people have proof of it yeah everyone else in the world is just kind of going well that was a big waste of my time it didn't say anything so the science if you took that scientific element what other uh feature of of a recent event in humanity has had that effect mm. that you could substitute in there. You couldn't substitute anything else, I don't think. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You, a sporting event? No. Yeah. Not really. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, inspirational stories and so forth, but this was a science victory yeah. for all of humanity. Yep. And if you took it away, you wouldn't even get a very interesting movie. No. Because even though I knew, of course, that we got the pictures and did land on the moon and so forth, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not bring that up. Um, no, I want to actually bring that yeah, up, sorry. I do. I do. Okay. But well, anyway, I'll let you finish your sentence. Yeah, so, so that's why it's it's science fiction because we, we took a, a historically scientific significant event around which uh, a beautiful fictional story was, you know, relayed. Mm. Taking the science out of it would not have left you with a beautiful story. It would have just left you with kind of a rather boring period piece of people sitting around doing nothing <laughs> yeah like Downton Abbey well it
1: would it, it, if you took out the science of this film there isn't really much of a film left I mean it's probably a bit like an episode of Home and Away or something really like it's not there's not much the <laughs> there, drama there were, would be a, a few Glenn, of the stars are from Home Glenn, and Away Glenn it? asking Janine out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be the that would be the A story it would have to be that but okay so, you heard it here. You heard it here. The dish is a sci fi, according to us. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Tell us, yell at us, share a comment, share the reasons why it's not a science fiction Share this
0: episode with all your friends, especially the rich ones who want to give us money.
1: That's right. Tell us that we're wrong. But, okay, so this is the other thing. Sorry. I watched this and a little aha moment happened in my head. The conspiracy theorists yeah. that think that the man did not land on the moon, it was all a setup. Kubrick filmed it in a Hollywood studio is the rumor, right? Yeah. And there's proof of that. You can look at the footage clearly, all this sort of stuff. There's lots of that information out there. Go down a rabbit hole if you've got nothing else to do with your life. I personally have always believed, no, that's bullshit. But when I watched this this time, I thought, well, hang on. Doesn't this prove that it really happened? Because wouldn't because this film details how they lost the spaceship they found it in the in the last hours they were the ones that had to pick up those images and that only worked by pushing the radio telescope to a particular point to collect that video right doesn't that mean like these guys these guys that ran that mission here in Australia If NASA was just projecting those images to Earth, like how would they be able to project those images from the space shuttle up
0: on the moon? Well, quite simply, you know this team of NASA people that with them? Yeah. One of them was a shill. All the rest thought they were reading the they just signals. put it in a VCR. But you know, you know, they lost the signal. When it comes back on, in comes the video in tape. Comes the vi- in comes Actually, the loop. In no, comes the loop. hang on. The loop.
1: Like speed. You know the movie Speed where he loops hang the loop? Video- hang on,
0: hang 1969, we didn't have videotapes. Like no, we didn't have
1: it. So they can't use video.
0: They would have had to have like big reel-to-reel type. Yeah. Film. Literal film projector. There would have had to have been quite a bit of technology involved yeah. But maybe the entire NASA team was in on it and, this, yeah, you could... It, but what, it, that's it, what I'm saying, it,
1: like how what, you you could have... Because you could say, oh, yeah, when they lost the radio signal, in fact, it was just a, down the highway in parks. They took over a hotel room and they projected from there up, beamed a signal to this radio signal. And, in fact, they made it that particular time of day so that they didn't have to beam it in. But, that, but that's not true because these guys...
0: We're tracking that signal up well, at see, the moon. That's the thing. That every conspiracy <laughs> theory falls apart from the sheer number of people who have to be involved. That's in it. right. So that—that's your Cause last you defense. Could, course. You could you do could do say it. they're all in on it. Yeah, you could do it, but yeah. the number of people starts growing geometrically. Yeah, that's right. So it's no longer just Kubrick, and <laughs> a closed <laughs> a set of cameramen and sound and then like the film processes and 20 Hollywood executives (laughs) and so you're not just talking about a couple hundred people anymore like trying to keep a secret amongst a couple hundred people right but now you're talking about scientists the world over and um, amateur you know astronomers who were watching with their own telescopes Mm. and you know other people picking up their signals on their radios and yeah they're all in on it Uh, anyway
1: because because even these guys are parks, like we just said, parks were collecting it, but honeysuckle were too, and like, see, so it's all of them. Like, it's oh, not yeah. just <laughs>
0: everyone. Everyone. All the like, one
1: had, had to be in it. Like a huge conspiracy. Every, every conspiracy like like requires massive...
0: Every conspiracy requires thousands of people <sighs> all in on a conspiracy, and they all stay silent for some unknowable reason.
1: Yeah. Well, that blew my mind apart when I finished this film because that was my, that was a bit of yeah, an aha. I, had I was the exact like, same ah.
0: thought. I, I was like watching it going, <laughs> this is just one of those things is like, yeah, the people who are in there, they're, they're genuine people. I mean, the people in the movie, the, the really fictional there,
1: versions, but, yeah.
0: But the, this, how would you, as you said, like to organize and set up, a worldwide like they didn't have the sort of satellite technology internet analysis we have now. Now yeah, we could actually just position a satellite in the right spot and and beam the signal.
1: You could beam the video, right? you could do it now. You could do that.
0: Yeah. But at sixty nine, they'd only just gotten people into space. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have (laughs) uh, you know, massive arrays of, you know, space satellites doing all this stuff. But you would have had to go on to the point.
1: In my understanding of this, you would have had to go on the point of like the spaceship being near the moon, projecting back images, fake images that you'd already pre-recorded. Yeah. Like what would be like? But the spaceship's already like it's almost there at the moon. You're just not doing the landing bit. Yeah. I know. Well, I have
0: heard variations of the (laughs) conspiracy saying that they filmed Kubrick's version and kept it in the can in case. Uh, they didn't make it to the moon. Yeah, okay. And now some of his now his footage has sort of been mixed, brought out, in. mixed in to give additional footage or something. You know, like yeah. there's some variations here. There was another variation which is they did well, actually, they did I launch a rocket. <laughs> they did launch a rocket and it went through a certain trajectory and yeah, but it wasn't gonna make the moon. Mm. They were never gonna make the moon. They were never gonna make the moon. And so Saturday. they were doing, like and all these things you're going, you know, at that point it's easy just to go to the moon. Yeah. It's the 11th Apollo mission. It's literally not, easier to go to the moon could, than the They could have just conspiracy. gone, okay, the 11th one is this experiment. Okay, we got that. Now the 12th one. They did like to 13 <laughs> or whatever it was. So like, it's not, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a bit funny. So I saw,
1: I, are you up to anything creative or science fiction related?
0: Uh, I have been working on the... The, you know, still working my script my TV yeah. pilot script they take time It's yeah I know because uh, yeah because we work yeah. <laughs> <If laughs> we for money if anyone's ever tried writing a creative story beyond the first couple of pages you always get to that point about a third of the way in sometimes you get to two thirds of the way in oh, where yeah. you start wavering going have I have I gone the right direction <laughs> and you just gotta go it's the
1: dark night oh, of the know, soul sorry you know what
0: I just got to complete the draft yeah, yeah, and then break it into chunks and have a look at it, give mm. it a bit of an analysis. If I get it down, it's done. Uh, the other thing, of course, is organizing. we've been organizing this uh, launch party. Yes, for the, the Film Festival. Film Festival. Yep. Film Festival launch party. That's coming up in the end of October. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fun and games. It's going to be local celebrities. <laughs> Us. Us. <laughs> Uh, and then I said, well, you know, we're trying to rope other people yeah. in. We'll see who can get along. It's just, um, you know, trying to organize a successful party is not as difficult as getting someone on the moon. But uh, it's not as easy, for example, as just hosting your own birthday party.
1: Yeah. Not not when we're trying to make it as as a as what Space Brains deserves, a, a bit of a launch, you know, a bit of a kick out into the atmosphere. A bit a of a bit kicker. Of, a bit rocket. of a recognition, so a that people can see
0: that we're good fun, and it's a it's it's great to be involved in science mm. fiction and Get filmmaking, involved with space, and, brains and listening and watching, mm, definitely, and reading, and <laughs> writing, and and yourself, you doing, uh,
1: doing a bit of editing, writing, planning for the future of creativity for myself. I am in between jobs, and that is unfortunately going on a bit too long now. Where, yeah, there, there's a lot of time being spent on that process. So kudos. High fives, pat on the bats to anyone that's trying to find a job and can't find one, a bit like what I'm going through. It's a bit of a, yeah, bit of a soulless exercise, really. Um, But something will come, something will come. Uh, But I am trying to like, yeah, stick my, you know, grubby little fingers onto where time is available into more you know, planning, other creative stuff.
0: Well, yeah. I know your wife has been making use of your editorial skills. She her, has. For her
1: yeah. yeah, and camera. We did get to go to her little art gallery launch. Uh, her film was part of an environmental art gallery launch, which was really great here in Mandra. Chasm, go check it out if you're local to Mandurah. Um It's all about the environments. I think it's on for about a month, so that was good fun. Um, and speaking of what's happening in Mandurah, yeah, just a little nod to the Sci-Fi Film Festival, which will happen on Saturday, 21st of May, 2022, in the Fish Trap Theatre. There's plenty of time from here to make your short film. We have passed the early bird. Uh, definitely by the time you hear this episode, we have passed it. Oh, yeah. But we have actually passed it. Um, but there still is two or three more lap, you know, laps around the sun or around the moon, like our Armstrong. How many times do they go around?
0: <laughs> I don't know. You you you're sort of break it up there. I think a little I bit. Think, well, yeah,
1: we're going too far down there. But yeah, plan plan for your trip to come to Mandra, That's the other thing.
0: Coming to coming to Mandra, like May twenty twenty two. Be a nice should, time of you year. You should be able to come in Mandra. It's yeah. it's beautiful. It's just cooling down. Get yeah, on the train or the car or we the boat. We still have sunny weather in May. Spaceship. I can I can tell you right now. It's still we still yeah. have good some sunny days there. We do. Come on down and if you're hanging around uh, end of October in twenty one. <laughs> Uh, In 2021, October, then keep an eye out. You'll be hearing more about our uh, launch party. You will. So Uh,
1: let's get into the plot and the details of The Dish. The Dish.
0: So let's talk about what's the brief of this. You say it's directed by Rob Sitch? Yeah. Uh, Written by Santo. Santo Jalara. Santo's... How how do I He's, say Santo? Is he Santo O?
1: No. Because it's Robbo. Robbo <laughs> Robbo to- Tomo. Tomo Jane O Robbo. Jane Robbie Santo Robbie. Tommy? We can do the you can do Santi, Tommy, Janie, Robbie. Robbie, Rob, Robbo. <laughs> Jano
0: Santa's
1: Is uh, J- Does Jano really get I don't know These Jano. people are not going to want to speak to us Sorry now
0: Well I know I'm, I'm going to I'll reach out to them And, and see if Apologize they Apologise for the way we their, um, their nicknames are Look if
1: you're Australian And you're out there Can you tell us how to pronounce these names Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't know We're going down a dodgy path here uh, But yeah they're a big clan The Working Dog Productions As we've been talking about Now good old Sammy Neal We have already done a Sam Neil film Sam before Neal,
0: yeah And I, I think Sometime in the future, we're going to do at least one more. Mm. There's got to be a Jurassic Park at some point.
1: That's very true. Uh, Kevin Harrington, Tom Long, and uh, American Patrick Warburton.
0: Patrick, well, no, sorry, I can't do his voice. Putty. He's got a very distinguished
1: voice. You know, Putty. No. Putty. Putty. From Seinfeld.
0: Oh yes, yes, (laughs) he's 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 in that scene. Yes.
1: Yeah, I I remember when I watched him. Like it's Putty.
0: No, no, I just the jacket. (laughs) <laughs> he was—he was he a was mad fan, wasn't he? With a—he'd paint himself up as the devils, and
1: yeah, he—he he went out with a lane or something yeah. for a little bit, but he had the jacket, and it was always like putty.
0: <laughs> so it anyway. was filmed in Australia. It was twenty—is two thousand biggest Australian film in two thousand. Yeah, right at at the time. So, yeah, yeah seventeen million dollars box office yep. from Australia. Yep. Yeah, yeah, which huge. we've only got twenty-five million people. Yes, seventeen million return. That's. It's a good return. That's like
1: good. we hadn't, we we've had a few films over time recently. The Dry um, came out with a twenty million dollars box office um, in January this year, uh, which was great. Eric Banner was in that film. Um, something like Red Dog um, got somewhere around twenty million when that came out. Um, the Dish. There's not a lot of Australian films that reach. You know, over those couple of mil at the box office. Some of the big Australian films you can think of, it's just a couple of mil. So when you get these films that are like, 16 or, or, you know, above uh, in the Australian market. It's fantastic. I don't know what this film costs, but I do know it had a pretty healthy budget compared to The Castle. The Castle was made for next to nothing, and yet The Castle made about $20 million. Oh, yeah, that's- so that's where they made their money and they put it back into this film. Um But, yeah, I'm, so I I would say it was probably the average Australian feature film is around 4 to $5 million, so... Yeah, they've probably done pretty good on a return with with sixteen or so. And that's so in that's true.
0: Right. I know this actually went international as well. Yeah, yeah. And it did fairly well. Like it's because it's it's a nice story again. It's a chock top bomb movie, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Like you should sit down and you know it's it's, it's, it's a lovely, lovely. It made, it nice made me movie. feel nice and, yeah. and
0: warm, but but not in sort of a, a what do you call it? It's like a, a dirty way, not a slushy <laughs> way, you know, not, not like a yeah, yeah, not, not a smoothie way. sooky it's, way, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was nice. I, I, again, I'm wondering how much non-Australian audiences would get out no, of it? No, I think,
1: I th- see, I think unlike the castle, you know, because that's the thing, the, the bits that are real Ocker is uh, Mitch to L and yeah. Elle I, I like, is Patrick Burton. And they sort a, of almost like explained it, didn't you know what I mean? So they a, explained a, those And jokes. that was kind
0: of the comedy of yeah, it. Is it. Yeah. You can imagine, yeah, if you were from Scotland or from, you know, Texas, or someplace you might be watching it going, What the hell is that guy talking about? They basically defined it. But Al is sitting there going, Oh, what the hell is this guy saying? (laughs) I sort of get the tone, but I'm not really sure why he's referring to Galaz and Dax. (laughs) Because there wasn't,
1: there was a lot of Australian Ana in the way that people were dressed and the way they reacted and the way they talked about it. But it was only really Mitch that. Really through those oh, yeah, you was, know, the the colloquialisms at at our He was he loved it, um, and and they were explained. So I think this would fly pretty easily yeah, internationally, okay. especially if, English-speaking audiences. If, you know.
0: if you're if you're from the other side of the world, uh, I either Europe us, uh. or the Americas, and you've watched it, tell us how you sort of went with the yeah you know, the Australian scenery and, and the the slang and the language and and so on.
1: So we like to break our narrative down with some common elements that you can find from all good story script writing teachers, referring to people like Campbell, Snyder, um, McKee and Field just as some, but there's a lot of crossover, uh, basically then where there's a solid three act structure and then we break that down into some specific moments, scenes, or beats. So we don't need to focus on every single scene in the film, but thinking about those significant beats in the film.
0: Yeah, so we have Act 1, which is the, the introduction. It is the establishment. It's mm-hmm. what sets us all up for the story and yeah. lets us know. So it has like a, an opening image. It, it gives us an idea of what... Theme is going to be in this, you know. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you got to take a risk. Uh-huh. Uh, it usually has some sort of a catalyzing event, a, a a inciting incident. Something happens, which is that point in the film at the start where you go, "Aha, the story has has got has going. Begun. This is what the story <laughs> is." And then we we come to act two, and as we go into act two, that's where we should have an idea. Of, of what the story where the story is heading, we may not know the final answer mm. but we know what the question is yeah
1: And Act 2 then really is the characters kind of decided to come into Act 2. You know, they've made a decision, they've come in. And we might get a bit of a B story, which quite often is the romance. But essentially in Act 2, what we're seeing is, you know, the fun and games, the story develop. The the person has decided to quit their job, come into Act 2, and now they're out there looking for a job. Has anyone got a job? Uh, and, <laughs> you know, and they're looking and they're testing and maybe they're delivery driver one day, maybe they're relief teacher another day, maybe they're painting walls another day just or doing for gardening. Example. Just for example, you know, all the skills that I could do if you've got a job out there <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, or write a script, you know, they, they, they decide to be a script writer. Um, you know, so all of these things are kind of happening and it's a pretty big chunk of the story. And in a way, it's the bit that I think as an audience, we're kind of like, ooh, yeah, this is fun. This is, you know, like, this is ha- it's happening. It's where the trailer comes. Yeah, of I mean, if it's a horror film, you know, yeah, it should be. We should be having some of the scares, you know, people should be being cut up or slashed the, yeah, up. Or, it's sort of where know.
0: the most people die, it is,
1: right? The and this is
0: revealed, and off we go.
1: We have an exact midpoint, which is what it is like a middle of the story where it turns more serious, you know, things get bad uh, in a sports movie, they might win the game that gets them into the playoffs or the final series or maybe make them miss out on it as well, you know, depending on where the story is going. So things get a bit worse and we can start to have, you know, the bad guys get, a you know, they get a bit more power or the, or the things that the goal of our key pro, protagonist starts to get a bit tighter. You know, in Die Hard, you know, he's starting to... Overcome the terrorist, but he's got to kind of kill each bad henchman one by one, right? Yeah, like, so you know, af- so it up gets to the there.
0: midpoint is where he's like, Yippee Kaye, yeah, I've got it but now. I've now been a he's got young. to take on the big guys, you know, yeah, and, and later and, on, yeah, anyway. after, after the midpoint, that's because I look, I love Die Hard, right? So, yeah, I know, Die Hard's after <laughs> the midpoint, that's where his wife is discovered to be his wife. That's right, that's right, the fun you know, and games have come to an end, the fun end. and games are over now. Yeah, it's serious.
1: Yes. Uh, and we get things like, you know, we're going to have a moment where someone does die or some the death of a, a goal, you know, with the, the team loses their final and they can't play on to the grand final, whatever it might be. And there's got to be some sort of death. And that leads us into, I joked before, the dart Knight. So, yeah, whenever I sit down, I've got a great idea. start writing it. I mean, why is it always about three quarters of the page that you go... Yeah, I don't think this idea is any good anymore. Like, why is it always three quarters? Like, it's that's always the third, and that—that's what I think in the timing of a movie. It's about two thirds through the movie or three quarters that then suddenly there is a moment that these writing teachers say that something needs to die, and there's there is something about that. If you set off with a goal, whatever it is, you get about three quarters the way through. It must be some sort of human emotion that we kind of go. Eh,
0: I don't know if I want to keep going. Like I want to give I've up. Got, I want to quit. On my hard drive, I've got three novels at about 60,000 words. Yep.
1: So about three quarters, about, right? About
0: two thirds to three quarters of yeah. the way. Someone's like, I want to get to about 80, so 80 to 100K, you know. Like, mm. And my
1: wife just had it with her her doco little series, you No, know, exactly. exactly when she was so close to the finish line of editing, basically going, they're all shit. I don't want to know anything about them. Should I just delete them? Yeah. you know and, and and I've seen that with her before I've seen it with myself before and it, I don't know what it is. anyway, so it is in a plot point and then pretty much I suppose the thing is you decide I'm gonna finish that book, sorry, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna write it. I'm gonna damn take it the risk. It's gonna be shit, but I'm gonna do it, right? Like I'm gonna just get it done. And that's what a character does and that's what drives us into the third act. The, the character has to make a decision to go, yes, I'm gonna finish writing this novel and once they do, we're in the third act.
0: The third act is the finale. And the third act is quite fun because it's it's where they've got a plan. Yep. Uh, like they, they can see what they got their their goal or their challenge is. Mm-hmm. They've got a plan and they go tackle it and they just immediately win and everything's <laughs> easy. No, there's there's almost always a hitch. There is. They go in there with their thing. initial plan and they go to tackle it and they find actually they haven't learned everything they need to. Because if yeah. you look at this as a growing journey, and this is often the way we're thought you know, we would look at a story is mm. is the growth of here. So they're going with that plan and they're kind of they've come a certain way, but now the theme is they've sort of learned something about the theme of the theme. Yeah. So in this one here, I think uh early on um Sam Neill's character says, uh you got my wife said you've got to take a risk. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to take a risk. And that's where it is here. So they're they're getting the uh the antenna and so forth and, and they've they've overcome the power outage. And they're going right now. We just have to align the dish. The windstorm comes in, yeah. and this is it now. Oh, no! Do we just not do it? Yeah. And they know take a risk. We've yeah. learnt that because uh, the B story, uh, our and, he's uh, also our, Glenn, Glenn. yeah, took the risk. Yeah, and, and they, the, and the they,
1: mayor took the risk by building the satellite. Yeah, and they,
0: they sort of look at each other and they go, "Yep, yeah, we're doing it." Yeah, and then they overcome that little boundary and they find the real challenge. And they win yeah. because they've learnt this progression. This theme yeah. has come through, and that's why you, you, know, I think some stories fall a bit flat is where that theme, as a lesson, and that slight down, you know, downturn before the final victory, mm. isn't well established. Yeah, and then it's just kind of that's where the, you get those movies or films where they just kind of trail off, and you yeah. kind of go, oh, ah, yeah, yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, so there we go. So so that's that's the final and then we get us like a final image of of we see the the new world, the aftermath, the having satisfied this this victory and we're there.
1: We are. We are. You know, and quite often the finale and the start are, are sort of bookends in a way sometimes. Yeah, and but, this film definitely did that, right? So we start with a uh you mentioned it before, the sheep paddock. It's a beautiful big wide shot. Australia looks lovely, it's green, it's lush, those film colours are at the extremity. It's a good question you said before, film stock. Well, this is shot on film, so it's pre-digital, so mm. it definitely has that film look to it. Uh, I do remember that they spent money at the time because the castle wasn't shot on 35mm film, whereas this was because it's just more expensive. So this was just shot on pure grade film, but it was also been coloured. And I think it's just those that color saturation mm. has been pushed to the you know pushed to the
0: extreme. It's, it's but, but it, I, it's a just I think it's like an Australian yeah, color. Yeah, it was be Australian color, yeah. Because we said that about some of these European shows. Yeah. And movies I've watched where uh, like particularly say German and Scandinavian films. Like mm. if you watch that TV series Dark on Netflix. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then you watch the one called The Rain, which is yeah. a, a Swedish. Mm. And then there's another one that we're watching, Ragnarok, which yep. is uh, Norwegian. They've all got this same coloration to them. There's the same sort a bit of blue feel and whitey, isn't blues it? Yeah, and, and grays and things in there.
1: Well, the, see, the other the other side of it is in Australia, we the sun is so bright, and mm. I'm not. That's always that's a joke, but I'm I'm not joking. That photographers and cinematographers know. That so, f stops are why is what allows so much light into your camera, like that's yeah. what f stops are. So, literally, in Australia, the joke with photographers is that you have to drop it down a couple of f stops. Um, and this also like it's pretty fruitless to shoot in the middle of the day in Australia, whereas in other countries, it's fine. Yeah. So, and it, we all have the same sun, but it's just, you know, the way it is Different here. Different atmosphere. And, yeah. So I think, and I think when you started to list off Norway and Sweden and, and those northern European countries, well, they're, you know, they're, they're icy countries. So you can imagine yeah. that the light is very whitish blue, you know. Now, you can overcome that with gels and filters and stuff, uh, even onto when, like, back in 2000, you're talking about film cameras, you can add them to lenses. But, um, yeah, I mean, if that's what you're shooting in, that's what you're shooting in a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you're a bit restricted to the environment.
0: You and, and you get this look when you look at the Mad Max. Yeah. Both yeah, by Fury Road yeah, and the old even ones. Even that one, yeah. You get that same sort of, uh, I don't know, a hard... Hard coloring, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And was like it was um Pitch Black, was filmed in Australia as well. Was it? Yeah. Okay. And, and they also had that very. They had that harsh same look yeah. look, yeah. Anyway, So, yeah, we get a car driving through paddocks. It's uh, It confused me because it was clearly a late 80s car. Hmm. Uh, and I was like, I thought this was. Ford, about 69 Falcon? or something, like a late 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it wasn't a new one either. No, it was so old, it was, yeah. We're probably in the early 90s, maybe, is yeah, what we're yeah. dealing with here. And yeah, it, it pulls up to the dish mm-hmm. and dude gets out. Uh, um, gray hair, old Sam Neill. Yeah, it's walks, an old Sam Neill. <laughs> walks up. Yeah, yeah, there's not many young Sam Neills around. No, uh, I mean, in the film, he's 50, so you know, hey, uh, he, he walks up and looks at the dish and sort of Admires does that, it, does that sort of takes hmm, the hat off, takes the hat off, and really looks at it. Mm. And then you hear the voice comes in, oh, sir, yeah, the uh. You've come up the old way, the visitor center's <laughs> round the side, just down the left there. And it's 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 a fairly Australian accent, yeah. like just to establish that you're definitely here in Australia. You're in Australia. And
1: you're a silly old codger. So off but, you go. <laughs>
0: yeah, go on, run. So this is me putting on my Australian accent it in case is. you're wondering, I normally speak with a more neutral Australian <laughs> accent, this is the rural Australian Less accent. The real Australian.
1: And that's where we cut to that first example of real footage, JFK saying that, you know, the man will walk on the moon and and we kind of open then to the film and there's this... There's this beautiful then sort of set up from there that you know there's all this old archival footage NASA sending you know the rockets exploding uh military people being buried uh um, more rockets exploding <laughs> a lot of rockets got exploded mm. <laughs> uh lots of you know lots of failed sort of starts to mission and then some success you know like a rocket in space and you know more NASA stuff and satellites being built and those kind of uh progression it's a great montage uh, with a really great 60s song attached to it and it's it's basically showing us that 10 year progression i think um to get us cuz then it then it brings us into back into the film and it says july 1969 uh, sydney australia and we have these we open to this classroom where kids are doing Little scale models of <laughs> all what's going to happen.
0: Footballs wrapped yeah. in tin foil.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a nice of touch because then the um a boy's saying what's going to happen with the you know an Armstrong going around the moon and he sits down and then the girl a girl student hops up and she's actually got the satellite dish that's at parks and the teacher's like thank God yes she just heard twenty people talking about it. some other the kids you had to stand up with yeah. a
0: silver football and a <laughs> rocket ship yeah.
1: What do you got there, Darling? Oh, the parks. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so that's the nice cut. That's the nice cut into um, parks, really. And we we see the satellite again. And this time it's it's not what sorry was saying before the 80s or the 90s, it's it's back in the 60s. Yeah, so we learn pretty quickly there. Um, Sam Neill is actually being interviewed by a reporter, mm. and he's explaining that, well, yeah, NASA wants to use the radio telescope at parks. To us, to beam the images back to Earth, and he said he says it's the most powerful telescope in the not not what I've got <laughs> written there for some reason the southern uh, hemisphere, which to me makes sense. I mean that's logical. We're introduced to Al Patrick Bur- Walburton, um, from NASA. Uh, Cliff Sam Neil is um, he goes I'm the director, and they they sort of joke dish master, uh, and Mitch is uh, the guy responsible for. Moving the dish around. It's the dish pilot. The dish pilot. <laughs> uh, and Glenn is on electronics. He's the computer now. <laughs> I do like it's like, uh, you know, again, in reality, I looked a bit into what was the reality and they said there was a team from NASA and I think there was actually more than even these four Australian oh, guys. There, there like, would have been more than five yeah, people in that yeah, room. You know, so sure. it's it's kind of, again, downplaying what I said at the start, a bit about the underdog stuff.
0: But you've got to, you've got to pull in... Just the, the prime characters. Yeah? Yes. Because we want to yeah. see characters. We don't want to see a team from NASA because a team isn't a character. Because no. even if you had a team from NASA, you'd still only have one or two people in there who... Mm had personality. Yeah. Time, or time enough in the film to show personality.
1: Even though it's a little, it's a cheeky way of introducing these characters because he's been interviewed by a reporter. Even within them, like, uh, Mitch, straight away, is he starts joking with the reporter about some personal things about Glenn, you know? Mm. And so it shows you that he's a bit of a jokester. Even Al he's Al is very polite and diplomatic and he, you know he says something like ah oh, I'm I'm really appreciating the warm respectful loving people in Australia and they're very nice to me they've been very welcoming you know like it's a very diplomatic response uh the way he's dressed as well it's like a very uh, you know professional black suit whereas the Australians are all a bit um more casual Glenn on the other hand is really timid and doesn't really answer the question very, you know, um positively or uh, proactively. You know, he's pausing, he's 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 I mean, And then Cliff, you know, um Sam Neill, is is smoking the pipe and he's very confident and he's very, you know, assertive in his space. He's a very he? fatherly figure. Yeah, very fatherly figure. Um and then the reporter nods back to them saying, Oh, it's funny that well we're gonna get to watch this moon landing and it all goes back to you four guys. And they're like, Oh, and you know, I think the reporter says something about you know, do you feel any pressure? And Mitch is like, "Well, I do now, you bloody drongo." Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a, it's a nice sort of little setup, isn't it? That that the, this is our little team of. We of we trikes. also do
0: get the uh, questions about your personal life. So yep. we hear that, and primarily, this I think is just to introduce the fact that Glenn is single. Yes, and Cliff is pause married. Married. <laughs> Um, anyway, and yeah. moving on. And so you immediately know <laughs> there's either a he's little thing divorced or she's dead yeah. or something. there's something wrong with his, his marriage. It's
1: complicated if they had Facebook. Yeah, well,
0: as we learn later <laughs> on, actually, it's not. She's dead. No, she is dead. <laughs> yes, sir. I don't spoil it yet. It's sorry. It's sad. It's not sad. complicated.
1: The other bits in this setup is that the, the town of Parks is getting super excited. The prime minister is excited. The US ambassador is going to visit Parks. The local and band is practicing. The, playing Jimmy Hendrix. They've learned, no, James Hendrix. They've <laughs> learned a new song by James Hendrix. Yeah. Um, there's also like them kind of polishing <laughs> and getting the dish ready. There's a, a bit of a montage of that. Um, and then the mayor also does get an RSVB from the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister back in Canberra. Or, no, it wouldn't have been Canberra back in those days. Yeah, Canberra. The, is it? Yeah, the old, the old, the old okay, Parliament okay, House. Okay, yeah. I did, look, I don't exactly know my history. Um, it's the, just the old Parliament House. The old Parliament it? House, yeah. yes. And, um, that, you know, that's why I didn't think it was like, is that in Canberra or not? Yeah, okay. Uh, and... But even and then he sort of like he doesn't get why, does he? he kind of like has to realise what's the point of this bloody telescope yeah. in a pad, in a sheep paddock or whatever. And then he says, but then when he's in Parliament House, he's like, oh, this is going to put Australia on the map. Yes, it's <laughs> the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so he, he uses it like all good politicians.
0: Oh, he got the. Um, I love the mayor's offsider. He says, oh well, yes, of course. Remember what they said about me when I said to put the. Telescope here in parks. Mm. Oh yeah, that you're a bloody idiot. That you shouldn't have done it. it was a complete waste <laughs> of taxpayer money. No, no. no. I, they said I was a visionary. And I was a dreamer. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what that was. Yeah, yeah. That was. That was a good little bit of bit of political that's that, humor there. Yeah, that's,
1: and that's that humor, isn't it? That's in this film. That it's a little bit more like the undertone of conversation mm. humor. You know, it's not like jokes. It's the un, the way people talk and, about things.
0: It is definitely an Australian. A, a subdued yeah. Australian humour. That it was. is, it is. Yeah, and the
1: other thing is we sort of learn pretty quick that uh, the guys, oh no, yeah, and Mitch and Al have a bit of differences. And the reason for that is it seems that the NASA guy is taking it extremely serious, but the Australians are just taking it a little bit relaxed. There is then an official announcement that the park's radioscope will be the one and only collecting those images. That's been the decision by NASA. And so to me, that's the catalyst because then it was like, now we're locked in. Yeah, you know, well, We they, are the ones. We got
0: the moon landing is yeah. I think what they got yeah, told. Yeah, they
1: got told that you you guys will be the ones when the moon landing is happening. Because
0: they've been involved in the various yeah. telemetry as you know, they've orbited around the yeah. place. Yeah, correct. Yeah.
1: So yeah, to me that's the... the and because there's mention in that kind of moment in the film that... 600 million people will be watching live. And so it's, it's like, you will be responsible for that. And then they do a joke about, well, what do the Indians going to, how are the Indians going yeah. to watch are, it?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, they'll watch it probably around the one two Yes. <laughs> I, lo- I love, it was uh, clearly a, what, what do you call it? A, uh, a, a cultural, culturalist joke, you know, making fun yeah. of Indian nation for its backward nature. But, They filmed this and delivered the scene quite well because it was that pause which allowed it that they showed self-awareness. So they're going, we're going to say this joke and we're aware that it's not accurate because India is like, you know, a a leader amongst many technologies. They've actually got their own very large telescope array and so forth. But in 69, the Australian attitude was not good. (laughs) But they nicely had that little pause before the mayor cut in with, yeah, they'll watch it. <laughs> pause. Yeah. Probably around one TV. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like they're all sitting around one TV. I don't quite get. Yeah. But anyway, it's um, I I did appreciate that, that self-awareness moment where they're going, okay, we're going to say this and we do mean it as a joke. We are aware of what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to say it. Now yeah, we're going to say it. Yeah. So it's quite good. So we get into
1: kind of, you know, the debate. We're, we're seeing them uh, play cricket on the <laughs> radio scope. Well,
0: they're testing the alignment of the dish. They are. Aren't they? Because with the rolling of the ball to see how it rolls. But to do that, they play cricket.
1: They do. They and do. They, they
0: clearly do play cricket there more than once because there's wickets drawn on the. <laughs> fish. Uh,
1: and Mitch, he bitches to Cliff about being disrespected from NASA. And, and Cliff is like, you know, we've got to kind of. Get on with it. There's also kind of Cliff, kind of hiding, and something about his past again, kind of nodding back to the the married thing. Because um, he's
0: he's the one at this stage who's not showing a lot of excitement. No, for what's no, going he's, on. He's
1: being very reserved. He's being the the dad in a yeah. way. Like he's not being overly emotional about it. Um, because it's, he's been like that at the same time. Like people in the park, you know. We're gl- I'm glossing over a few scenes in the film here, but there's a lot of excitement around town. You know yeah. There's the the town hall. They're getting the ready for the concert and all that kind of stuff. They're getting ready for people and and there's kind of mention that parks might be the new centre. There's a good there's a good vibe starting to happen, and that to me actually also is then we break into. T- 2 is the moment that then nasa and again we see this through some archival footage the guys are watching it at the um station that the mission of apollo 11 takes off and so it's you know a successful launch so again it's like going well yeah now they're in space we have to do it our was, job
0: it's very sim- symbolic of act two it is isn't it okay it's literal so- act two We've set everything up and now we're going to go into it. Yeah,
1: so you guys are going to be responsible. Okay, now, yeah, you guys are the only one. You're doing the moon landing. Okay, well, the only thing that can go wrong now is whether they actually launch or not. Well, now they've launched. Yeah. It's your turn to shine. Yeah,
0: Yeah. now it's up to you. And so we do get the B
1: story. This is when the B story introduced. Jeannie comes
0: in. uh, She has her basket and she comes up and hands out Terrible driver.
1: I don't know if that's really a very good joke.
0: Yeah, no, I sort of cringed a little bit <laughs> yeah. that they had like a blonde girl reversing into something. And I'm Let like, me
1: just say, she is wearing some lovely outfits in this, Janine. It's a good oh. fashion choice for the 60s. The mini skirt is in there, yeah, the little picnic blankets. To. She had like, those
0: jumpers on. Uh,
1: yeah, it just was very 60s vibe. I really yeah, like so it. Yeah, she,
0: so she came out and handed out sandwiches. And when she hands one to Glenn, she goes, Oh, I put extra cheese on you. I was like, You like it. And <laughs> Glenn's like, Oh yeah! uh. Thanks. Uh,
1: (laughs) 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 And Cliff, being the dad, keeps going. Why don't you explain the science to her? And why don't you show her around? And why don't you take her to your bedroom? And why don't you just... We're going
0: to take (laughs) her from Gladstone. So if you think of a basketball, you've got a valve on top, and that's where we are. Yeah, and then. There's another valve on the bottom. I loved this explanation. And yeah. Cliff is like, "So was it two basketballs?" Like, no, no, no. But you can, yeah. You don't imagine have, a
1: bus with two valves.
0: Imagine a bus with two valves. <laughs> she, fortunately, she cuts on and says, "Yeah, I, I think I get the idea, yeah, get the idea. Get, yeah. Which is good because it's yeah. She's
1: well. I will say. Well, I will say that that the, even though they had the driving thing, she seemed to get the understanding of it. Not from so much the explanation, but actually, it seemed like she genuinely understood it. it she, wasn't like, she? Sort of
0: already knew. Yeah, I
1: think, I think she already knew. She Dang just
0: man. was giving him the opportunity to, to talk, to say give, something. Give
1: the man an opportunity to talk, sorry, because he doesn't talk very much. No.
0: Yeah. So anyway, we get a bit of the, as we say, the fun and games as yeah. uh, prime ministers are coming along, ambassadors yeah. are coming along, and we we, we get some, more
1: real footage of the mission progressing. You know, yeah, we science. get some
0: interesting sort of. Um, uh, what you call it, interactions with these people.
1: Yeah, we do. And there's, um, you know, a nice uh, montage of like checks and balances on the uh, radio dish, you know, like them manoeuvring it. There's some lovely shots in there of it kind of panning around. Um, there's also a nice, you know, kind of like them, you know, doing all their science kind of to it. And that's that's quite a good
0: thing. Talking to NASA, yeah. like real professionals. They did.
1: Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and that well, that that actually does lean into the ambassador is coming to town, and when he's coming to town, actually Mitch has had enough of this kind of American NASA arrogance, oh, yeah. and he does confront, and that's that, that what we're joking about, where all the colloquialisms kind we of talk spill about it, it's out. Like
0: of, <laughs> treat us like we a pack of galas. Yeah, it's a kind of parody. <laughs> but See, that doesn't actually help with understanding. It's like. Yeah. Why, why do I think you're a parrot? What <laughs> the <laughs> hell? If you're the parrot. You're repeating what he's saying. Well, yes. Uh, you're a bloody drongo. A, a, a galah is a silly person. <laughs> in case anyone's wondering, cause if you're driving your car and they cut you off, you go, well, that what a galah.
1: But anyway, so that they have basically, Mitch confronts him over that and it's not. Settled. Al goes off to the the ambassador's dinner party, and and that's all fun and games. They you know they're celebrating. The mayor's having a good time. The ambassador's having it. Parks looks good. There's a good joke in there that they they play Hawaii Five O as the yeah. national anthem, um, and you know that's that that's that dry Aussie humour sort of playing out. Um and uh and, and 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 then all of a sudden there's a blackout. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! And there's a, it's a nice way of doing it because the blackout happens, the town goes dark, the party goes dark, the, the dish goes dark, and then when it comes back on, the straight away the ambassador just you know the mayor says to the ambassador, oh I hope you're okay, and he goes it's no skin off my nose, but I hope the dish is okay. Dun, you know, dun,
0: dun, dun, dun. Uh, the mayor says, oh yeah, they've they've got all backup generators yeah. and such.
1: And there's a nice cut here because he says, "Well, we should just ask Al," but Al's not there when he was just standing there. Yeah. and it just cuts from him like racing in his car, you know, because in his scientific mind, he's gone, no shit, a blackout. Yep, this is trouble.
2: Yeah,
1: um, and so whilst he's driving up, they the others realize that they've the computer's gone blank. You know, there's no no backup. No, they can't call Microsoft back in these well, they, days. They didn't
0: have a hard drive to store this information. <laughs> no, on and, and
1: but every all the coordinates blank, everything like that. Mitch also realizes that the generator didn't work because the fuel pump wasn't primed, and that was his job to check that.
0: Yeah, he fixed the fuel. The fuel pump lines. And didn't prime the lines. Didn't
1: prime the lines.
0: <laughs> yes, and they don't have like uh, some sort of fuel injection system. They got a. Uh, Carburetor system, so it's not going to work. Now, signals off. What's oh. going to happen? NASA's going to
1: call, and uh, they call and they go, "Hey, the, so the is lines this up.
0: is this the midpoint you reckon yet? No, no, we still we still no, got a little because, bit because
1: because this is all the setup. This is all the fun and games of well, this isn't just a movie of them following Apollo Eleven and doing everything perfectly. No. This is actually things aren't going to quite go as right.
0: Okay, so but the, anyway, coordinates. NASA, NASA calls, calls and says, And hey. Cliff lies. Yeah.
1: He says, oh, no, the signal's all strong here. <laughs> yeah, <signal's laughs> that was fine. a pretty good Sam Neill I just did, actually.
0: Yeah. That was. We'll get you on set. we <laughs> We we'll do, we'll do some, you know, automatic dialogue replacement. I'll do, I'll, yeah, I'll do it
1: for Sam Neill in the new Jurassic Park movie.
0: Yes. I'll act as his body and I'll put a hologram over me.
2: Hmm.
1: Uh, and then they they lie to L. They, well, they just don't reveal everything about the generator to L. Elle. And L was like, you know, we should we should tell NASA. Um, and they they say, well, how long? I like this as well because it's 1969. The computing technology, it's like, well, how long is it going to take to do all the maths? And and Glenn's like, well, twelve hours, maybe twenty four hours. You know, like well, he's like, got
0: to program it all
1: like, got a pro, yeah. Like, and you can, you know, it's a wall of computing you know like and I, I liked that because it was just you can you can really see how far we've come with computers can't mm-hmm. you You know um can't and, just stick
0: your thumb drive in and get the new copy on no.
1: and then there's a there's a so they're they real again it's also in the film terminology it's like oh there's a there's a time clock here isn't there you know like they will come online in maybe 12 hours but the math equation might take up to twenty four hours, you know, like yeah. to do the job. We could probably we could do it. We can do it, but we just need t- more time. Well, this is know?
0: part of the Hitchcock direction for tension. The difference yeah. between tension and action. Yeah, is it action. So the example he gave is you got two people at a desk, and a bomb goes off, mm. and there's like okay, so that's surprise. Yeah, that's startling and that's action, mm. but there's no tension. Yeah. Okay, so now we have a shot where the camera can see under the desk and see there's a bomb there. Yeah. And hey, we've got a bit of tension. Yeah. Now we can see there's a clock on the bomb and it's ticking down to zero yeah. and the two people are having an infuriatingly slow conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's tension. Yes. And that's what we've got here. We've got a, a clock ticking down to zero yeah. with a bomb mm. and people have too much to do in that time. Yes. And that's And that's... It's a really easy, uh, easy. It's a, it's a good, convenient, useful way of introducing some tension, mm. particularly here because we do know the outcome, Yeah, but we've got to see how it gets there. How it gets there, yeah. And so if they'd have just gone, oh, it's off, okay, now it's fixed again. Yeah. Okay, there was a bit of action there where it went off, but there's no tension. Yeah. So it's beautiful.
1: So they all kind of start working. They, 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 all, they all think about what they're going to do and the mayor rocks up to check. And uh, he um, he agrees to the lie, like Cliff tells him about the lie. And again, there's sort of a humorous moment there with the security guard, you know, yes. not recognizing them and stuff, d- doing his yeah. And um, the mayor's like, "Well, yeah, you should lie. This is a shit house moment. So again, it's like, yeah, just should we do this? Australia, should we lie to NASA? Yeah, we should. Let's yeah. just try to figure out. Like, it's it, that's what I liked about this when we, at the start of the you Know the whole purpose of talking about this film. Like, I liked to that there was this attitude, it's a real Australian attitude of like, Well, she'll be right, mate. You know, like, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll
0: yeah. fix it, we'll and get the there. use of the phrase yeah. <laughs> shit house. yeah. house always is always a shithouse.
1: Um, and then Al, like, you know, they've told Al enough of you know what happened, and he's you know, we should tell, but he decides to lie to NASA, yes. Know. He's,
0: he's gonna be a team player, yeah. Although later on, he he uh confides with Mitch and says, You know. The guys at NASA, they make mistakes all the That's time. They're right. They're not, yeah. not superhumans. Yeah. They would have understood if you'd made this happen. If we'd actually just sent And we could have them. worked through it. Yeah. Um, and there's why July it was, well, because we probably would have just become backup Yeah. at yeah. that point. Yeah. So,
1: so So anyway, there's a nice little montage here again. There's a few montages in this film, but there's a nice little montage, you know, like working all night long. You know, they've got that great big chalkboard-like um, goodwill Hunting, you know, and they're doing all the the maths and scrubbing out things and talking to each other. And Owls reading the NASA. I don't know why he's actually reading that book again, but he's reading that book. And you know, they're 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 all working in their own way, aren't they? Yeah. And, and then also together on this big thing. And and there's that good old and there's a beautiful when there's when there's when there's that whole thing happening. There's this real. You you say this film made you a bit patriotic and there's that patriotic music definitely at the start and at the end yeah. of this movie and, and as, you know, we get to the, the climax of the film. But in this bit, there's also this really sweet, inspiring music. It's not, you know, you could also put under this montage like dun dun dun, 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 dun you know, like them trying to figure it out and scrubbing stuff off and scratching head. But they actually made it a very sweet montage, this mm. one. And it was the music that did it to me. Um, so it's a nice moment and I guess to me that gets to the midpoint because they don't solve the problem right there's a scene they go they the sun starts coming up and they they have a little argument about well, we could just shoot it in this direction, but it's a huge bit of space. Yeah. And they, so they, so they, if, they haven't solved had a reference the problem. point. Yeah, the reference point, reference point. And then I think it is Al, isn't it? Yeah, that kind of goes. He looks out. Yeah. And he sees the moon. Yes. And he's like, well, why don't we just shoot at the moon?
0: <laughs> point it to the moon. That's where they're <laughs> that's going. That's the
1: reference, right? Yeah. And then and then I suppose work backwards. That, that's why. And they're like, yeah. you're a
0: genius, Al.
1: <laughs> this is why they pay you the big bucks. Yeah. You know, but it is. It's a moment of like, ah. And then so to me, that's actually the midpoint. It's a false victory, this one. Like, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we can find them again, you know. And that's what they do. They literally do that and they shift the um, satellite around and they get a response. Are these, aren't
0: they wonderful shots of this huge dish? It's a 67-meter-wide yeah. dish. It's massive. Well, as they're saying here, they're about a 1,000 tons or something or other, shifting just... Beautifully, smoothly, like, I have a feeling they sped that footage up a little bit. because Yeah, they think might it, have. I think it moves very slightly.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, it's a nice false victory leading into then, okay, well, things are going to get serious. But, you know, there's going to be a couple of, they have a moment, Mitch and Al have their moment together. He, he apologizes and he explains about what, you know, like you just said, there's about the NASA guys make mistakes and... You know, they all think they're the hot shot, and you know, but they're not necessarily. Um, and and that leads into that kind of, uh, you know, dark the dark part. And the dark part is that Cliff reveals that he lost his wife, and that she was really excited about the satellite mm-hmm. and NASA See, and the Moon This Loom is also and,
0: the the turning point. This is that death which inspires Cliff. Yeah, because when he thinks about who's he talking to at this point, is he talking to Glenn?
1: Yeah, I think so because he's been kind of telling yeah, Glenn, saying, you, know, you know, take you need take to take risk your risk with go, the you know, Janine, Jean yeah,
0: yeah, and and that, that's where he sort of you know, she was excited, this was her dream, and she didn't get to look, uh, you didn't get to see it, and then he says, but I think, I think it kind of excites me a bit too.
1: Yeah, well, it, I think the thing is, he's like, he realizes that if he just mopes over it, he's gonna miss out, like because he was kind mm. of, I think he was saying something along the lines of, um she's not here to see it with me, right? Yeah. And so that's what's, you know, like that's dampening my mood. But I think he's realising that if he doesn't take in the moment, well, then he's going to just miss out on the moment anyway. Uh, so you, he might you'd, as you'd well. regret that, wouldn't you? Yeah, be looking
0: yeah. at it but going, you know, my, my wife actually would have liked me to enjoy it. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just sort of... My, but and so, so it's so
1: Cliff's turning point and it's, and it's then Glenn's it's, turning point. It's so I of, think that's
0: it? the, that's that, death that we talk about that yeah. inspires because it it, yeah. it did and Cliff uh, Sam Neill I think brilliantly portrayed this that yeah. he is a little bit lighter yes, and is. a little bit more energetic he throughout the, the rest of this film
1: here. yeah um, and so that does lead Glenn, you know, to sort of resolve that B story. Is he finally bumbling and yeah, going to so ask her out? And, awkward moment of so, a oh, car. Oh, where like, oh, you know, like oh, you brought me a sandwich and oh, you bought it, you know, okay, well, what I'm, are you doing Friday night? Nothing. What are you doing Friday night? Nothing. Well, oh, there's lots to do, isn't there? Oh, there's so much to do. Oh, this whole NASA thing's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. Do you think it's exciting? And I, I, love,
0: I love that bit though. He... He walks up and says, well, I fixed your bumper. And he's holding a sledgehammer. <laughs> so it's a bit That's of a, right. a joke of the old cars. Yeah. And for this whole thing where he's, you know, talking to her, he's got this sledgehammer, which might have seemed a bit intimidating mm. in any other situation, but yeah. it's just such an awkward moment. Yeah. It's even more awkward that he's holding <laughs> this big heavy tool, you know, yeah. like. And we've all been –
1: I think we've all been there. I think these guys are a bit older, you know, like older maybe that when we get past that stage. But I remember standing around a car – not having the guts to ask out this girl, and you know, like I mean, and and having this stupid kind of conversation with her, and she's oh, having it back just, with me. You're and looking for the like, you're opening, looking for the you're... moment, and you're in your brain. You're like, just ask her, just ask her, and she's probably saying the same thing. But you know, just and, and like standing out and someone the front at the front of someone's house, like I dropped something over accidentally as a reason to go to that girl's house, and. And then be like, oh, okay. And just sort of standing out in the front of the house for like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Awkwardly, not just saying the freaking question that you, and then finally saying, it, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do that. You're like,
0: oh, fuck. because Well, they're relieved now because they went, oh, finally. Final, know,
1: like, finally, he's asked me out. No, actually, I don't want to go. with you. Yeah, finally, finally I like,
0: don't have to ask. Because, you know, like, of course, there's a certain point in that awkward exchange where if you were rational, mm. you'd go, the only reason this person's hanging around and isn't, yeah. Nick and off is Going home. they're waiting for me to say something. They're either waiting for me to provide an opening for them to ask yeah. or they're waiting for me to ask. Yeah. And as an adult now, of course, you such can things understand that are, more. Ironically though, I'm happily married, so it doesn't actually no. come up anymore, no. but you know,
1: it's What, it doesn't? Um <laughs> uh so yeah, and she says yes, so they do. So it's a nice rounding off of that B story. Um so the point then it goes to is that they get uh, the response from NASA that um, they're going to use parks for the moon land. The moon landing's come forward a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, they're
0: not going to have their sleep.
1: Yeah, they're not going to have their sleep. Which, as the ambassador
0: forward. says, and I agree, is like, could you imagine that you you landed on the moon and then say, okay, go have a sleep now. Yeah. Are you bloody kidding? That's right. I'm on the moon. Who planned that? This is something I've been training years for and then I've waited four or five days sitting in a little capsule for mm. and I'm now on the moon and it's just through that door. <laughs> There's no way you'd no, no. to have a sleep. No. You'd Buzz, a I need to get out time. there
1: and get some air. Yeah. Um, yes. So, uh, but, but I'm the going thing, for a walk.
0: Yeah. I might be a while. I might be a while. You
1: stay inside of Um But they all sort of panic, don't they? Because they're like, well, the moon's not in the right place. We, we don't have the... Telemetry, right? We yeah, don't, not We're not horizon, ready. We're yeah. not ready. You know, it's not the moon's not even visible from well, where we are.
0: At the same time, the windstorm has coming out, and then that's the wind. and storm. they're not so worried because they're not thinking that they're going to be up so well. They're, no. they're thinking there's going to be eight yeah. hours, nine hours. I yeah. said, you know, it could blow at nine hours. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. could blow out nine the hours. The wind can go. Yes, yeah, so and not then it's like rough. it's been brought forward. When is it now? Ooh.
1: You have to kind of get ready now. And so then they're like, oh. And, of course, the risk there, you know, is is going back to the theme, what you're saying. Yeah. You know, this whole film's about taking a risk. You know, it took a risk to build this satellite and it's paying off with NASA. That was the mayor's risk. Cliff took the risk to sort of do the job but was holding back until he realised that, mm. well, it, just because his wife died doesn't mean he can't. Now enjoy something, you know. Um, Glenn was to ask out Janine, you know, and then yeah. now it's the risk of, well, the winds are really risk, you know, really damaging. You know, it's sixty kilometer an hour winds. Um, it's like a mini tornado or 60 something. Sixty mile an hour. Sixty mile an hour. Sorry, yeah. and uh, so it's pretty forceful. You know, we don't know if the dish will hold, you know, properly, and it actually is, they say it could, you know, life threatening. And they actually online when you look at the historical. Of what happened, that actually is true. They risked yeah. their lives. The, the, the safety warning was no; they should e- exit the building. Um, the dish could have collapsed on them. So, mm-hmm. so, so suddenly the stakes have raised, haven't they? Yes. And and then so, but then the question of the theme of the film is: Do you take a risk? And they've been encouraging all these characters to take a risk. So, Cliff decides to, to take risk a risk it. to risk it, and, and so get, that breaks us three. into three. Yeah.
0: Yeah, beautiful three. So the finale, which is great because we have, uh, yeah, the mission is progressing. We've got, um, uh, yeah, the telescope moves. The wind rises up really high. Yeah,
1: it's really everything's shaking. And 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 they use all of
0: their little skills and then they go on. They push all their buttons and they. The moon's not (laughs) high enough yet. Okay, we'll do this offset thing. They can do an offset. So it doesn't offset manual override and it's fuzzy 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 <laughs> we're hearing buzz and yeah. Armstrong talking and then it finally comes in Ba-ding! we yeah. get the connection and we get the famous moon and i've never seen that uh, footage yep. before like i've seen the the cleaned up later footage yeah yeah so that one there like just watching it and seeing the people sitting around it it really touched me yeah. I, I really i really was affected by it and thought wow you know that was an incredible uh, moment. Yeah,
1: what? well, they do this whole like great thing in this film where, and they did it in the earlier scenes as well, but in this whole sort of sequence here, it's it really is cutting from obviously the film world, so the film that they've shot, the characters we know now, and their reactions to them seeing that archival footage, isn't it? You know, and, and so that because their reactions are so real, it, it does make me feel like that would have been what it was like. And mm. and the way they show that is the way that I felt people told me what it was like when they saw that. And yeah. you mentioned the the nine eleven towers. Uh that's a really strong connection for me. I, I remember nine eleven watching live, I was watching Rove, actually Rove McManus's show was on live and that got cut off to the live footage of, you know, the Twin Towers yeah. and one had been hit but not the other and um we were watching that going oh my goodness this is devastating and when you saw that second plane hit the second tower it was like oh my god armageddon yeah. <laughs> that's what it felt like and that's a really negative thing, so you, but you you can connotate then watching something like this, and I think this film does that you know the prime minister and all those mayor they're sitting in a room watching it on the television and and you know these guys at the station are watching it and, and then there's the kid at home watching it on his little television, and the security guard's watching it on a little tiny old black and white television and and like everyone was just so engrossed in that moment in time, mm. and it's a beautiful kind of moment, isn't it you know and, and the fact that they've mixed. This live action archival footage into the film, I think, was they've done that really well.
0: Very, very much so. And then we get uh, this lovely little ending, which left me feeling inspired, hopeful, yeah, happy.
1: Happy Sam Neil, we come back It's a bookend.
0: We come back to him, and he once again he's here, uh yeah, so Ah, look, you're flaming I, old man. <laughs> I do have to ask you to go around. Just yeah. around to the left there, eh, yeah. mate?
1: <laughs> yeah, and of course he nods his head and puts his hat on and says Yeah and he I think he says, Oh maybe I'll do it another day and he, he walks do, back to Do down I
0: recognise you? I don't think so. <laughs> and then yeah. he Yeah, there we go. I could do Samuel as well. You can, you can. And okay. he walks down and says
1: da-na-na-na-na-na-na. No, that's a different movie. Actually uh, I was see uh, Horizon, po- <laughs> but you know <laughs> But it was um, you know, very that patriotic music kicks in and the end. The end. It's a great um you know story of science being shown. So where does it go on your ladder, sorry? For me, it is going in uh, at number 28, which uh, I know the numbers change all the time, but number 28 means that it goes between Spectral and Tau. And I think that would be a really interesting, if you took those three in a row and you watched those three, you kind of got that wow, Spectral that's... action-packed, modernistic military sort of thing, and then you then you jump into a film that's very historical science like this, and then twenty nine you're coming back to kind of yeah really dark, moody, murderous, corporative the, <laughs> greed the dish would be a nice of
0: cleanser there. Yeah, it
1: would be a nice kind of it'd be like oh, oh, from spectral to oh that's quite nice. Ah oh, <laughs> the world's all well, stuff. I had
0: I had to do so, a yeah. s- similar thing in mind here, but I'll put it up uh, number four here. Okay. So after watching The Lobster, mm. you'd watch the dish. No, ah, okay. Which it's kind of a funny the lobster dish, mm. yeah. but <laughs> lobster because I was thinking, the the lobster likewise is quite a uh, down to earth sort of film. Yeah, and then it's a with similar the, style, a but day, it's yeah. it actually has a nice up. The dish has this nice uplifting effect. Yep. Uh, before you got to District Nine, which was another sort of on earth sort of realistic sort of film, definitely, but uh, also a bit hopeful. So that, that was my thinking there. I I really. I really came away with a, a nice feeling from this movie. It doesn't mm, have it is a nice. Feeling it doesn't movie. have strong peaks and it doesn't have strong troughs. No, but it's got this nice. You know the characters are friendly and pleasant, and even the interaction between Al and Mitch, which is not you know, horrendous, and it's similar in many ways to the way the characters are in the castle. Yeah, the thing yeah. I really like the castle. They're sweet characters. Everyone's so nice.
1: Yeah, they
0: are. But yeah. they're genuine in it. It's yep. not. It's not sort of a a false nicety or an over the top niceness. It's just a. That's really what a lot of people are like. Yeah, it's most, true. most people you, you work with and, and will talk to and so sort of are like this. You know,
1: it's very very true. So there we go. And it is an uplifting, warm film. So you, you watch it and you'll feel good about it. So, what type of science are you going to pick on in this film? Because it was a very sciencey science film. Well,
0: it has to. Be, it has to be radio telescopes, <laughs> of course. Radio <laughs> telescopes are very interesting, uh, and. A little bit difficult to understand, I find. Yes. Uh, because unlike optical telescopes, they don't look at the visible spectrum. Right. Which is, is interesting. So the uh, eyeball of the human mm-hmm. is a telescope, really. Yeah. It's got a lens. It's got a collecting area that are at the focal point of that lens. And in fact, it is a telescope array. So it allows you to use infrared interferometry mm. uh, telescopic interferometry in order to be able to see detail at yeah, distance yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what we do these days so back in 69 the back in 1961 the Parkes telescope was created it was a 64 metre 67 metre diameter dish mm-hmm. and then in 63 they built a small 12 metre dish on a track Next to it, which they would use then for this um, astro teller uh, infra. Oh, My goodness, <laughs> yeah. interferometry. So, and 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 so and you can see it in some of these shots in that film. There's like yeah, a little a dish, little, little dish, now, like so. and they use that. It's go it can go back and forwards, and and that helps in in ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but the the radio telescope it absorbs or or, or captures and records radio waves which are just another part of the electromagnetic spectrum mm. of which visible light is a part Yeah. so it's photons travelling about through space mm-hmm. at a particular energy level and since they all move at the speed of light being that they are light mm-hmm. they the different energy level doesn't change the speed at which they travel because they always go at you know speed of light uh-huh. but rather how fast they vibrate that's the energy they carry. Mm-hmm. And so you can well imagine if something vibrates slowly and it's a photon, then in between each up and down or left to right or however you want to vibrate it, mm. uh, it travels a long distance. Yeah. And so radio waves are at a low frequency. Mm. Um, and so they are between, say, three centimeters and 10 meters yeah, right. in length. So from the dip of one over a hill and to the next dip, you'll get a distance of metres. Yep. And that's why in order to you know, observe that and capture that, mm-hmm. you need uh, a great big aerial antenna to do it, like mm-hmm. a 67-metre-wide dish, for example. Yep. But we have a problem, of course, when you have just one thing observing. So if you are point your radio telescope at a point of uh, source of radio... Let's say the moon. ...things, well, more likely a quasar because we okay. actually Parks discovered the first quasar as a um, recordable object. Right. So it's this bit of a historical thing. I try and see what it. Uh, what did it do? Uh, it. Blah, blah 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 key surveys. Oh look, I can't. I can't. Anyways, quasars is wonderful. Quasars. Um, Google radio radio <laughs> emitting, you know, stellar objects. Uh, if you've got one of those, you point one at it. You imagine these waves as they come from this things that's like light years away, so far away. Mm. If you're up really close, it radiates out in a spherical fashion. Hmm. Yeah. But as you get further and further away from it, just like standing on the surface of the Earth, we can't see much in the way of curvature. No. Like it basically, as far as I'm concerned, my room is flat. Yeah. But really, there would be a slight curvature to it. Mm-hmm. It's just so small that we don't can't notice it, and the same thing happens then when you've got a very distant object radiating radio waves. By the time the waves reach us, they're eff- effectively um, coplanar. As I say, they're f- they're flat, they're walls, yeah, yeah. and so when they hit your dish and bounce up, you end up with a central spot that's sort of fuzzy, and Then you get dark ring, light ring, dark ring, getting mm-hmm. paler. You can sort of get this splash, if you like. Yeah. Now, the the closer it is, this this object is, the smaller that um, central we call the airy disk, mm. uh, named after a person airy, not because the disk is airy. Interesting. <laughs> uh, the smaller that gets, you know, uh, until it re- resolves into a distinct object. Yep. And that uh, what do you call that? That angle of resolution they call it uh, is measured by the... the, It's proportionate to the wavelength, and we know that radio waves like 10 meters, say, mm-hmm. three meters, divided by the size of the dish. So the bigger the dish, the more you're dividing it by, so the smaller the resolution angle, which means that uh, you've got less... You can see more detail at greater distance. Yeah, is right. Is what that means. Now, the problem is you can't make dishes too big. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a big one in China that opened up in 2016. It's 500 meters across. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the way they focus it means they can only use 300 meters of it at a time. only. So it's, it's a big <laughs> dish. But so, you know, the one in park, 67 meters. If you want to look at something in great detail at great distance, then you need a bigger dish. Yeah. But it's hard to physically make a bigger dish. Yeah. 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 You know, you need something kilometers across to be useful. So what they do is they get a second dish. And now, if you think of the way your eyes work, this comes back to your eyes. So if you look at, uh, let me see, you're standing between two monorail tracks. Yep. And they're parallel, and they disappear off in the distance. They appear to converge. They do. They, they seem to converge to That's a point. Truth. And, if, and if you had a monorail on each one of these, like a little car carriage on yeah. each one of these, and they went away, there'd be some point in the distance where you couldn't tell if there was one or two. Yeah. That's your resolution distance. Like, you know, you, you just can't tell. Like, yeah. they're too far apart. They're too close together in the distance. But if you bring those tracks closer and closer to your eyes, then at any given distance, it's further away you can see before, uh, you know, they become one. Mm. Until if your eyes were looking directly down each track, yep. very skinny little tracks to fit under <laughs> your eyes, then you could, you know, you could close one eye, look through the other, and you'd be yeah. able to always see too. Yeah, And so that is essentially what we do here in by wider spacing your eyes out apart, yes. is what we're doing when we're spacing dishes apart. Right. So we get one dish and then we have that smaller dish which roves out fifty meters, hundred meters off this direction. Yeah. They point towards the same object, mm-hmm. and these waves come down and they hit each dish at a slightly different time. So that gives you its position that you're looking at relative to the dishes. And because you've got two sources of information, you can actually resolve a finer level of detail. Yeah. You can basically awesome. focus these dishes in on the same spot. Yeah. And if you've got uh, two objects, so like these two cars on the monorail, you can now distinguish
1: between the, the between two,
0: the two uh, at a greater distance. Just awesome. like if you brought the rails closer to your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And and the interferometry part of it is basically the fancy maths they use to um, figure out which uh, wave, which radio wave is from which telescope, mm. and how to add them back together to form one radio wave, yeah, one image right. basically. Yeah. And that's that's a, a Fourier transform. It's a, it's a fancy bit of maths and trigonometry that I care not to think of. <laughs> it, it, you know, there's calculus involved to get the. Transform over time and variation, Yeah, you know, whatever. Um, it's it's year 12 math, so I've got no chance of remembering <laughs> that. Anyway. That's awesome. But that's really... That's that, a good description so that, of so that. that's that's pretty interesting. But it's, here's an event that the Parkes Telescope is actually kind of famous for. Yeah,
1: beyond this one.
0: Beyond this one. <laughs> so in 1998, the Parkes Telescope started picking up these mysterious signals, mm. peritons. Ooh. They are like fast radio bursts at the 1.4 gigahertz mm. range right. and they're going that is really unusual yeah and they investigate it and it would happen like at odd times yep and they're trying to figure out when does it happen what is it from some part of the sky and they went ah okay it's not coming from one particular part of the sky. It seems, we've, we think maybe it's some sort of interference. Right. So maybe distant thunderstorms or lightning bolts. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to correlate it with storms that are happening and kind of, it's not, you know, they're, not they're, they go to the Bureau of Meteorology and go, where's the lightning strikes happening? Yep. At what time? And it's not lining up very well. Finally, in 2015... <laughs> Yeah, so it was like seventeen years of yeah. this occasionally happening, not very often, but every now and then yeah. it would happen. Finally, a breakthrough discovery was found. Aliens, totally, absolutely, Absolute alien mind-blowing. invasion, mind blowing discovery. They found that when the radio dish was in a certain configuration, if someone was heating their food in the microwave oh, and open the Barry, door, microwave, <laughs> open the door without pressing stop first, yeah. There's a very brief, like microscopic, microsecond, nanosecond burst of 1.4 gigahertz as the magnetron that generates microwaves turns off. <laughs> and so if you've got the dish in action and someone's micro- heating up their food because it happened at <coughs> night, watch people are heating up their coffee or whatever they're doing. Ding. So there you go. This mystery <laughs> was solved after 17 years. It was people heating their food in the microwave oven.
1: Uh, so, Barry. You can heat your spag bog tomorrow.
0: <laughs> but anyway, that was Parks. The Parks Observatory discovered that. Mm. And so now we no longer... It's a bit disappointing though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because they'd gone, well, this is really interesting. Yeah. Okay, so they discovered it's not coming from
1: space. Well, you know the movie Contact, which we'll probably do one day. Yeah. You know, It's the same... Do
0: Yeah. Doo, you know, I, I mean, they're th- going, well, yeah, it's like it's not coming from space. So that's a, yeah, it's a bit disappointing, but it's still really interesting because we can't figure out where it's coming from on yeah, Earth. Yeah, yeah. What's it picking yes, up? Yes, but there you go. So, awesome. so that's that's the the Parkes telescope, which had only been in operation for eight years. Mm-hmm. So it was brand new yeah, when yeah. they did it there. And in fact, on that set they used in this film, they had uh, leftovers that NASA left. Yeah, right. So NASA left a whole bunch of stuff in Parks in storage. Yep. For like decades, mm-hmm. uh, and probably got brought out and displayed to people at various times. Yeah. Because it was too heavy and bulky to shift back. And so, actually, in some of those scenes, some of that equipment that they've got in that office is the genuine material that's that the they have.
1: material, had. yeah. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, I think the Americans are known to do that a bit, but aren't they? They leave behind the stuff because it's just cheaper to leave it behind. Oh, well, it's,
0: yeah. You, you bring your fancy tech over and then you yeah. sort of set it up, and then it's like, well, we'll just make more at home. It's yeah. <laughs> <that's> not <laughs> we'll a just make it
1: all around. Awesome. So what did you guys think about the dish and the science that Suri just talked about and what we also discussed about earlier with the plot points? And uh, did you agree that this film proves that there really was a moon landing? So hit us up on our socials. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and also our website, uh, a little extra check in about the film festival. Go out, make a science fiction film that's heavy on radio
0: telescopes, interferometry.
1: Yeah, go for it. I mean, I'm sure we can come up with something like that. Like- or, like we're joking about then, Contact had the sound come out of space. Go for it. Make something, make a short. Uh, you know, five minutes long is plenty. Or two minutes and submit it to the Space Marines Sci-Fi Film Festival.
0: Just, just on the point of these telescopes, radioscopes, a memory I do have that I'm quite fond of is back in the 80s, my dad took me out to Tidbinbilla, mm. which is now the largest in Australia mm. because it got an extension out to 70 meter diameter. So you know, it's all you about could, the you size. Could, <laughs> you know the astronomers <laughs> are swinging their dicks, don't you? I got to watch it move. In a position, my dad took us out there and we had a picnic. The emu stole our lunch and we watched this huge disc slowly, ever so slowly rotating. Nice, 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 nice. but anyway, with that, good memories. You should do it if you get a chance. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's an amazing piece of equipment to look at.
1: What's out in WA? We've got the Jin Jin Observatory, Observatory. yeah, and then um, as I said, they have built the SCAR um, multi country. Yeah, because I think probably what you're saying is right, that um, they've built lots of those telescopes. Yes. To make it then one giant, powerful... And that's that SCAR program. But yeah, yeah they picked the West Australian desert because it was the quietest desert on the planet or something. And so, yeah. and, then, and then there is also some in South Africa that they talk to each other. So it's incredible stuff. You can go online. There's a, an enormous amount of information about that project. But we don't have time to go into that right here, right now. So do that in your own time. Uh, that's pretty much the end of the dish. So as I was just saying, let us know what you thought about what we thought about it. And what's our next episode? Sorry.
0: I think we're going to go to Hong Kong. Hong Kong. It's a little film with a friend from the Working Dog Boys, Kim Ginjil. Yep. Uh, he's not really starring. it. It's the Jackie Chan film. It's a Jackie Chan film. It's called film. Bleeding Steel. Ooh, Bleeding Steel. I'm bleeding. Yeah, it steel. sounds like an 80s hard rock, doesn't <laughs>
1: it? Yeah, sounds cool. All right. Well, that you know, go ahead, go watch that film. Like we're going to be watching over the next couple of weeks, and stay tuned for another episode of Space Brains. Bye bye. Oh, bye. You bloody narrogants, you bloody drongos.